Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, the Giants slide and Sweet Martha's cookies. Two State Fair icons, the Minnesota Wild, at a 12-week-old this week, the Giants slide and Sweet Martha's Cookies, two State Fair icons. The Minnesota Wild add a 12-week-old rescue dog to the roster and a closer look at the Minnesota Twins season from TV broadcaster Dick Bramer. But first, it was a fast and furious week in Minnesota politics with national issues brought home to the state capitol mixed with campaigns on a stick at the Minnesota State Fair. MNN's Bill Werner begins with a continuing exchange between President Trump and Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Scott, the government of Israel, at President Trump's urging, banned Congresswoman Omar from traveling to that nation because of her support of boycotts against Israel. She and colleague Rashida Tlaib from Michigan brought their case to the Minnesota State Capitol this week. We are going to fight this administration and the oppressive Netanyahu administration until we take our last breath. Congresswoman Tlaib says the reason she initially agreed to Israel's restrictions for a visit but then changed her mind is because of her grandmother. She said, I'm her dream manifested. I am her free bird. So why would I come back and be caged and bow down when my election rose her head up high, gave her dignity, for the first time. Omar echoed. There is no way that we are ever, ever going to allow people to tear us down, to ever make us feel like our certificate is less than theirs. But Minnesota Republican Party Chair Jennifer Carnahan said. Congresswoman Omar has gotten away with her anti-Semitic comments, and just having a very negative and hateful rhetoric and position towards Israel. Carnahan contends it's right for Israel to stand up to Omar and Tlaib. We have two members of Congress that are continually out positioning and saying things that I think are dangerous for our country, dangerous for the stability of the world. But Jelani Hussein with the Council on American-Islamic Relations Minnesota contends it's time to call out segregation efforts by Israel's government. Christians and Muslims today in Palestine um, do not access um, the holy sites uh, due to policies by this government. This is a classic example of how Netanyahu's government and uh, Trump government are antithesis to really what the Israeli community and the Palestinian community are aspiring toward. Carleton College political analyst Stephen Shear says Omar being barred from Israel helps President Trump's short-term political strategy. But I don't think it's good for Israel because it puts them in the middle of a very bitter political conflict in the United States. Democratic presidential hopeful Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar steered clear of that dispute, campaigning in Iowa, including at a forum on Native American issues. Harold Frazier of the Cheyenne Sioux Tribe told Klobuchar there are five washed-out roads on his reservation from spring flooding. Nobody cares. It's a shameful to see the neglect in your own backyard. I have no faith in the federal government. We've been lied to enough. Klobuchar highlighted infrastructure problems on tribal lands. If they can hook up the entire country of Iceland, I think we can hook up our Native American reservations and our tribal lands to make sure that they have high-speed internet for our kids. Meanwhile, one of Klobuchar's chief rivals campaigned on her home turf. It looks like Minnesota 
is ready for some change in Washington. Elizabeth Warren drew a crowd of thousands at St. Paul's McAllister College. She talked about health care. Here's our goal. 100% coverage. We need everybody covered at the lowest possible cost. And on immigration, Warren says... We will not separate children from their families. Carleton College analyst Stephen Shear says... The Warren campaign is betting that Amy Klobuchar may fade before the Minnesota primary and that this primary will be a big opportunity for Warren, and that's why she's here. The activist ranks are strongly liberal, and this could be a real breakthrough state for a liberal alternative to whichever moderate is still in the race next year, probably Joe Biden. Professor Shear says Warren has significant momentum, while rival Bernie Sanders, who's at the state fair this weekend... Sanders is sort of where he's been. Uh, you don't see big momentum for Sanders. Uh, and, of course, uh, you want to be moving up. Otherwise, you're being left behind, and I think that's the problem for Bernie Sanders. And on the opening day of the 2019 Minnesota State Fair, former 2nd District Congressman Republican Jason Lewis announced he will challenge Democratic U.S. Senator Tina Smith in 2020. I think with what's going on with the squad, with the portside drift, and I don't even portside, I mean just far left drift of the Democratic Party, um, you're seeing a lot of people uh, becoming woke, all right, but woke with worry that um, this is not what they bargained for. But Democratic Governor Tim Walz says Minnesotans are pretty satisfied with Senator Smith. Minnesotans are, have seen that uh, Senator Smith is, is the leader they thought she would be. She's uh, providing a voice and she's doing it, I think, with that Minnesota dignity and tenacity. About 250 miles north and east of the state fair this week, Twin Metals and Labor Leaders signed a formal agreement in Ely to hire union workers to build the planned underground mine, reigniting a long-standing debate with environmentalists and others. Twin Metals' Dean DeBeltz says... The heart of Ely is mining, and we've proven that mining and tourism can coexist and we'll prove it again. Chisholm Senator Dave Tomasoni contends the benefits go beyond northern Minnesota. If you want windmills... You got to mine, okay? You got to mine. There's 209 tons of steel in a windmill. There's four to nine tons of copper in a windmill. That's just one windmill. But Ely Outfitting Company owner Steve Paragas says... There are good places to mine copper, and there are bad places, and the edge of the Boundary Waters is a bad place. Mining and pipelines continue to be extremely controversial in Minnesota, and it's unlikely the ongoing battles will be over anytime soon. Scott? Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. 
Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You mind telling me what you're doing? Waxing the slide. That's what makes the mats go. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. The sound of workers waxing the giant slide at the State Fair can only mean one thing. The great Minnesota get-together is in full swing. The giant slide, a fair favorite, is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and Falcon Heights Mayor Randy Gustafson made it official. Do hereby proclaim Thursday, August 22, 2019, as Giant Slide Day throughout the city of Falcon Heights, and I commend this observance to all of our citizens and visitors. The Giant Slide has been a family business since the beginning, and founder Fred Pitroff, a man of few words, says with a smile, Oh, I don't know, it doesn't seem like 50 years to me. Time goes really quick when you're having fun. Would you have ever thought when you set up the Giant Slide that you would be talking about it 50 years later? No, I thought I'd lucky if it lasted 10. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a little bit about what goes into uh, maintaining the slide. I mean, it looks beautiful, and it doesn't look its age. Yeah. No, actually, we work on it all summer long, painting it, maintenance underneath it. Robbie, Brona, and Joe Kegley help do it, keep the maintenance on it year-round. It's a full-time job. Everybody thinks you just open 12 days a year and make all this money, but it doesn't work out like that. Fred's daughter, Stacy talks about growing up with the giant slide. Oh, it's so exciting because, I mean, actually, I mean, growing up and spending time with my family and we're so close and then um, my kids are so interested in being here and being with us that it's pretty cool to be able to have three generations all together working together. And Annabella, the youngest in the family to be in the giant slide business says... My favorite part about the slide is seeing all the happy people go down. Like, you don't see that off of every ride and anyone can go down and have a good time with family, friends, grandparents, and everyone enjoys it. And even after 50 years, the price to ride the giant slide remains a very reasonable $2.50. Another fair favorite is Sweet Martha's Cookies. I caught up with Sweet Martha Rossini Olson on opening day and asked the Minnesota icon, what's her favorite part about the fair? I have to say it's the people. I am so fortunate that, first of all, my whole family I'm surrounded by, and they're all working, nieces and nephews, and of course my, my children, and and my dear friends, and it's just such a happy group to work with. Everyone's so excited to come back every year and renew, renew old acquaintances. It turns into, because we're all together for 12 days, you know, we really, really know each other. So like one of, uh, Gary Beast came in, one of my head people here at this booth, and he said, well, it's we haven't left. I said, absolutely, you know, it's like day 13 of last year, you know, so it's really, really been so much fun. How many employees do you have? How many cookies are you serving each day? We have around 800 employees. And uh, cookies per day, we think that we sell about a million, give or take. That's average. So um, one fact that always sort of astounds me is that our oven capacity, and that's when we've got all those lines going, and especially on weekends all day long and usually the evenings here, we can produce 44,000 cookies in 12 minutes. So 
I, it took me years to be able to say that because every time I'd say that, I'd go, well, wait a minute, I better check my math. And then I sort of add it all up. Oh, yep, that's right. So it's really pretty fun. In terms of the big picture, that's a lot of cookies. But in terms of the, the small picture, when I get them served to me, uh, I'm always astounded. They just pile them on and pile them on. Is that part of the training? I mean, yeah, well, you know, we, we do have uh, pictures on what that that pail should look like when it's stacked up so and it really started because when we were serving people and I was in those front lines for years you know you just couldn't the people just kept smiling bigger and bigger the more you put on so but we try try and keep it to a minimum because it gets a little precarious walking around with that kind of cookies. You say in the early years you served some of the cookies. Do you ever get a chance to do that now just to be right up close to the people and see how happy they are? Yeah, at, at times, but it seems mostly now I'm in, you know, trying to help with the, the engineering of everything. Do you ever, in your quiet moments of reflection, think I'm kind of tired of these cookies <laughs> I, I really do not people say are you are you tired of going are you like looking forward do you really go to the fair every year or go every day I said absolutely we're when you come and see all these wonderful people around you the energy that we all get from each other is just so much fun so that's what keeps me going that's martha rossini olson better known as sweet martha and we'll have more on minnesota state fair icons in next week's show minnesota matters returns after this Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Minnesota Wild made a possum addition to their roster this week. Eminem's Tasha Radel has more. That's right, Scott. The Minnesota Wild pup-dated their roster this week with a unique addition. Here to talk about it is Wayne Peterson, Minnesota Wild Director of Community Relations and Hockey Partnerships. Uh, we're very excited to finally announce that uh, Breezer has uh, joined the Minnesota Wild team. Uh, we adopted uh, Breezer, who is a rescue dog, from a group called Coco's Heart. Uh, they serve uh, Hudson, Wisconsin, and the East Metro. And our, our relationship with Coco's Heart actually began two years ago uh, when uh, a teacher who was a volunteer at Coco's Heart uh, had the, uh, a, the daughter of, uh, of a wild employee in her class, and they had just... Uh, named a new litter of puppies after a bunch of wild players. And she had sent a picture of the puppies uh, to Jamie Spencer. And we saw the picture and said, we need to do something with this. And, and that's how the first Minnesota Wild Canine Calendar came to be uh, two years ago. And a couple other teams in, in the NHL did uh, adopt a dog. And we thought, well, let's, let's grow our relationship. So we adopted Breezer earlier this summer uh, with the intention of keeping Breezer for a year, and then next summer we will give the dog to a group called Soldiers 6, and they will train Breezer to become a service dog, and that will take about three or four months. And then Breezer will be given to uh, uh, most likely a veteran who uh, suffers from uh, PTSD. And can you tell us a little bit about what the average day for Breezer is? I, I know you mentioned, so he's actually uh, there at your wild headquarters uh, roaming around? 
Well, Breezer, uh, Matt Maka, our president, and his wife Kim are the primary caretakers uh, for Breezer. And Matt brings Breezer into the office probably on average three days a week. Breezer does have his own cube uh, with his own nameplate, and uh, but we do have a little doggy fence to, to keep him in. But uh, when on days that Breezer comes to the office, uh, other employees and departments are able to sign up to uh, to take him for walks and and uh, take care of him for an hour or two during the day. So it's it's been uh, great. Breezer has been making the rounds from you know from department to department, and uh, there's a lot of dog lovers on our staff. So there's been no shortage of volunteers to sign up to take care of Breezer. Well, and I have to ask, he's a, he, when you adopted him, he was 12 weeks old and, and a rescue dog, like you said, from Coco's Heart Dog Rescue. And it got me yeah. thinking, how's he adapting to all of this uh, attention? I mean, what a great opportunity to be a part of the WILD organization. I have to tell you, he's adapting incredibly well. In all the times I've interacted with the Bruiser in the office, I have not heard him bark once. Uh, he's loving the attention he, he's just been a, he's been a perfect fit um he's not you know a lot of times you think of dogs in the office might be a distraction but that has not been the case at all and i think he's going to be great uh to interact with fans both young fans and fans of all ages uh so you know he uh, i think he's got we're trying to to get him adapted to big crowds and obviously uh, we've been doing that slowly and surely, and obviously the biggest crowd will be with will be at the state fair coming up next week, and then uh, obviously he'll be uh, you know with with great crowds at uh, at wild home games throughout the season at X Energy Center. It's been a, a great process so far, and, and looking forward to, uh, to introducing Breezer to, to to fans as we move along into the fall and into the into the winter. And before I let you go, Wayne, I have to ask, uh, do we know how, uh, did you guys give him the name Breezer, or was that his name when you adopted him? No, we gave him the name Breezer. We uh, just, uh, we had a few uh, staff members come up with some ideas, and Breezer was actually uh, brought up by a couple staff members. And in case people don't know why the name Breezer, well, in Minnesota, uh Hockey players in Minnesota refer to hockey pants as breezers. That's a very Minnesota hockey term. Nowhere else in the country or in Canada do they refer to hockey pants as breezers. So it it's a it's a has a good Minnesota hockey meaning behind it and uh the people that uh, that uh, know hockey here love the name and and it was a, a great great fit for Breezer. Oh, pretty awesome story, Wayne. Well, lots of uh, fun things there, and, and what a good cause. Like you said, that uh, he'll probably, when he's done with your uh, tenure, he'll be going and, and helping out a veteran known as a battle buddy. Pretty pretty cool story. Wayne, anything else you wanted to add today? No, I think we're just excited to uh, to, to finally announce that Breezer is a part of the team. And like you said, I think it's a, a great story. It's going to be great for our fans to interact with uh, with Breezer from time to time, whether it be at the State Fair or Minnesota Wild Games or maybe other public appearances. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's all about uh, helping a person in need, and there's going to be uh, a veteran uh, sometime in 2021 who's going to be uh, blessed to have Breezer in his or her life, and, and uh, we'll go on from there. 
Thanks again to my guest, Wayne Peterson, with the Minnesota Wild. Fans can follow Breezer's journey with the Wild by following him on Instagram and Twitter. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound, chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Minnesota Twins continue to hit a lot of home runs and play fun baseball this summer. MN's Mike Grimm sits down with the man who calls the games on Fox Sports North, Dick Bramer, to talk about it. Well, the voice of summer in Minnesota's Dick Bramer on TV calling the Minnesota Twins. How much fun have you had this summer with this team hitting all these home runs? Well, it's always fun, Mike, and you, you know too whether the team wins or loses, it's still fun, but this has been something to watch. Uh, historic home run hitting, and we're not talking about Twins history, we're talking about Major League history. And when you average just about two a game, uh, it's really been remarkable. It's a balanced lineup. You never know who's going to hit the next one. It's been an awful lot of fun. And when it started, um, you're like, can this sustain itself? And there's been some dips, as you would guess, but it pretty well has sustained itself. I mean, you know, almost every night, like you said, you're getting two, three homers. Some nights you're getting seven homers. I mean, it's been pretty remarkable that it's sustained like this. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago. If somebody had 20 home runs, they'd be in the middle of the Twins lineup. Now you look on a nightly basis and there's a 20 home run hitter who's sitting on the bench, maybe two of them. That's how deep it is. It's not just one through nine. It's one through 12 or even 13 when they've had uh, 13 position player so it's been a lot of fun to watch I know for me and I suspect for the fans as well all right let's flip it the pitching there's been times where there's pitching has been very good there's been times where you see some bumps in the road what's your assessment of this twins pitching staff and maybe where we can head as you look into September I think because pitching has been such a trouble spot for the twins for better part of a decade fans tend to get too wrapped up in what happens in one particular game if a starter has a short start or if the bullpen gives it up late. And so what you have to do, I think, it's prudent to do, is to take a step back and just take a look at what we've seen through the first three quarters, roughly, of the baseball season. And you look at the stats and they tell you that the Twins have one of the better pitching staffs, that a lot of teams out there are having problems with their bullpen. And so all that really is going to matter, I think, moving forward is if the Twins are good enough and lucky enough to get into the postseason, how they do in those short series. It's, you know, if you win the division, you've got a, you know, best of five series waiting for you. And in those things, anything uh, anything can happen. I I think the moves that the Twins made, getting Romo uh, and getting Dyson will really pay off down the road because now Rocco Baldelli has some options at the end of the game that he didn't have before. 
what year is this now for you? 36. I started when I was seven years old, oddly yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you look just exactly <laughs> like that's about where the math would work. Um, but it's been an interesting couple of summers for you as a broadcaster watching because you – Usually in baseball, you have one or two guys you work with throughout the course of a summer, but the Twins, I think, have done a nice job of bringing back some of the more popular guys in the past few years. And um, But that leaves you in a spot where you're working with a new guy like every six or seven nights, and sometimes you probably have to coach him up. How has that been for you to, to, to work with different guys and popular guys? Well, it's been an adjustment because for the better part of two decades, Burt Blylev and, and I did every game. And, and so now this has been different. And all that really matters, Mike, is how... How the viewers respond to it, and the, and the sense I get is, uh, if if not enjoying it, at least they're tolerating it, and 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 that means that, that it's worked because all the guys that I work with, and there's seven different guys this year, including Jim Cott, who I worked with years ago, uh, they all bring something different to the booth, and it's my job, as it is your job, to try to extract from the analyst. Uh, his analysis, but also his personality. And so it's been different uh, to work with so many different people. But, you know, at heart I'm a Twins fan, and all these guys have played such a huge role in, in the history of the Twins franchise. So it's been a lot of fun. This weekend, uh, it's another one of the Joel Maurer bobblehead weekends. Obviously, earlier in the summer, his number retired. Um, first year in a long time that there hasn't been number seven on the baseball field. What's that been like? Uh, and, and it's kind of neat, though, to see some of the celebration of his career, too, now. Yeah, well, we all wondered what it was going to be like without Joe in the lineup. And then this team came out of the gates and started smashing the ball all over the field. And C.J. Crone has proven to be, he's the guy who's been at first base most of the time, uh, a good defensive first baseman as well. So, you know, Joe had a great career. And he led the Twins to the postseason many, many times. And so whatever concern there was when he announced his retirement, I think has been uh, relieved considerably. Making the playoffs um, as you head into September here, as we approach the end of August, what, um, what is your assessment of long-term and um, how, uh, how late can this team get going? Can they, can they play in October ways? Well, I think they can because at times anybody in the starting rotation has stepped up and really pitched well. Maybe the best game the Twins had uh, pitched uh, this year was Martin Perez when he completely shut down the Astros. You know, now you don't know what it's going to be like if Perez gets a start or Barrios or anybody once you get into the postseason. But we didn't know in '87 or '91 either. So that's why it's and, and I and then my my counsel to Twins fans is, let's enjoy this. This is an exciting team, a regular season that has been riveting and fun to watch. But then if the team is good enough and lucky enough to get to the postseason, then everybody is zero and zero. It starts all over again. Twins didn't get, were, weren't given much of a chance in 87 against the Tigers in the playoffs, and they won in five games. You know, So you don't know. Uh, clearly the Astros are, are the class of the league with all the great starting pitching, and the Yankees have a lineup that's as fearsome as the Twins is. But you don't know because you know anything can happen. And if a team can get some momentum going in that first game, like the Twins did against the Tigers in Game One back in '87, well, then a spark can lead to a, a you know raging fire. And so we'll we'll hope that that happens. But we'll see what happens. Very good. Always great to hear from you. Thank you. All right, Mike. That's Dick Bramer and MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.